Now, I don't have to understand it. I have to know where it came from, why it's there. I don't have to justify it to anyone. I just trust that feeling because that's really what the aspiration is, right? We want to feel a certain way that we imagine we will feel when we have that right partner. So it's not a thing on a physical sense that we're chasing. It's a feeling. This is episode number 521 with Ken Bechtel. <laughs> He's like, whoa. We are going to be talking about follow your yes in order to have lasting love. This is based on Ken's new book. Ken is a repeat guest. We are really excited to have him back. He's been a guest on courses that I've taught and he's fabulous. So can't wait to have him on talking about Follow Your Yes. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner. Welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date and to support you on your journey to lasting love. I wrote a book to help you develop core confidence. It's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And it's filled with 30 chapters, 30 tips to help you play a bigger game and succeed in all areas of life and love. And you can find it now on Amazon for Kindle and paperback. And this week's tip from the book is step number 22, communicate clearly and graciously. I'm a huge comp a component. No, <laughs> I'm a huge. What am I trying to say? Um, I, I love communication skills. <laughs> I'm just totally losing my words today as a communications expert. It's really important to have the right words. And the funniest thing happened this morning where I got a notification that my name was somewhere on the on the web. So I look up the article and it was a terribly translated article about me and my life coach, dating coach practice. And the words that they used were so messed up and they were like leaving my matrimonial uh, state instead of saying getting a divorce. And they called me some choice, choice words that really were not, not really appropriate. So using the right words is extremely important, whether it's in an article or whether you're communicating in your relationships the clear communication is really hard for us. So it's, you know, often this kind of convoluted passive aggressive message because we're afraid to say what's true. And my challenge for you today is if you have something to say, just practice saying it straight instead of beating around the bush, just getting right to the point because most people would appreciate your kindness in your clarity rather than your convoluted passive aggressive message. Before I bring Ken on, I just want to invite you, if you're not yet a member, to join my Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date, and we have about 3,600 women in there. And to keep this group safe and sane, I have seven amazing monitors who monitor the group every single day. It is a positive, positive group to help you grow on your journey to lasting love. So join us at Your Last First Date. And now for Ken, he is an internationally renowned spiritual teacher, he's a speaker, and he's author of the new book, Follow Your Yes. Follow Your Yes, Not Your Yes. He has invested over 20 years in researching and refining what it takes to make room for you to bloom and find love in our crazy busy world. He's on a mission to empower you to live the amazing life you came here to live. Welcome to the show, Ken. Thank you, Sandy. Great to be back. What is 
following your yes? And how does it lead to successful dating, lasting love, all the good stuff? So this is funny because when I first titled it that, I thought that was a pretty, pretty clear, you know, follow your yes. What I've found is most people think when you talk about your yes, they're talking about your life purpose. Oh, this is this reason I get out of bed in the morning. This is the thing that drives me, this thing that matters. This has nothing to do with that. <laughs> it's actually about, and this is why the yes is capitalized. It's about your inner guidance. It's paying attention to that knowingness that we all have, but most of us have been trained to not pay any attention to. Instead, we'd rather go, you know, get advice from other people and give up our inner authority. And so following your yes is learning how to reconnect with that. Because most of the times when we do, when we go, I don't know, it just feels right, I'm going to do this. We're thrilled with the outcome. But when we don't, we're not always so happy. So it's funny that we don't do more of it. But there's all kinds of influences that have gotten us to give up our yes. And instead, we're either doing things that have nothing to do with us that aren't really us, what I call your no's, or you're chasing maybes which means you're trying to take things that aren't really a yes and make them into one, even though they're not. And that can be pretty exhausting to tell you the truth. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest components. And when it comes to dating, this plays out big time because this is one of those things where we're going for what we think we're supposed to. Society said this, it could even be you, you've, I, I had a woman, I'll never forget this. We we're on the phone. And she's telling me she needs help with, with, you know, relationships and finding the right guy, et cetera, et cetera. And we're going through this conversation. And I said, do you even want to be in a relationship? And she goes, I don't think I do. I'm learning through our conversation that this has been other people's dreams. And yet I've been chasing it for 25 years. I've made it like I'm not successful until I meet this person. But I don't, there isn't a missing piece for me. There actually isn't a gap. I don't have, I'm not desiring that. I'm being told I'm supposed to desire it. And you could just hear all this relief flow through her. And she's like, I don't have to keep chasing this thing because that happens too, right? We're, we're chasing this, this unicorn that we don't even care about. So that's part of it. So again, following your yes is just being true to who you are from the inside out instead of going, oh, here's what I think I need to be so I can be accepted for who I am inside. Love that. I think a big part of any kind of good therapy or coaching is teaching people how to trust themselves because everybody comes in going, just tell me what to do, yeah. you know? And uh, I got a beautiful call this morning from a longtime client. She hired me many years ago and has come back for some refreshing refreshers uh, over the years. And she had written me an email saying, I found love in the most amazing amazing way that I never could have even dreamed of. It started maybe last December when she traveled to Europe and met this guy, but he was in a relationship. She continued to be in touch with him, but didn't really, I mean, she felt this incredible connection, but it wasn't a possibility. And she just traveled back to Europe and they got together and she had her heart very guarded but it turned out that he saw the possibility of the two of them and decided that he had to end the relationship he was in. He felt like it wasn't working for him. And the connection they have is incredible and they're figuring out how to move forward. And it's it, it would seem unlikely, right? This is where 
conventional wisdom would say, don't be in touch with this person. He's already involved with somebody. Mm-hmm. He lives far away in another country, <laughs> far a plane right away. How is this ever going to work? But she trusted her yes. And she just felt this, this connection that was almost otherworldly. And this has happened a few times with clients of mine where person was still living with their spouse, kind of separated, but not, not fully done with the marriage and dated other people and then came back to this person because they felt that spark. And now they're in the most incredible relationship. The other relationship is over. So there's so many ways that we can, we can let the rules or the other societal pressure or whatever it is, get in the way. And so I love that you're helping people point back to follow your yes, not somebody else's idea of what you should be doing. Thank you. Yeah. And what you just shared is actually a great example of two things. One, in the moment when she first met this person, he wasn't available. So instead of trying to force it or deny it, she went, oh, he's not my yes right now but there's something to pay attention to. I'm still open. I'm still open to possibility. I'm not shutting it off. But then she just went on about her life, living whatever her yeses were then. And when it opened up again, and it was actually yes, because that's the thing about a yes, you have your yes right now. It's the, the things that aren't right now that we try and make into that or say, well, it's not now, so it'll never be. And then we shut ourselves off. It's like, well, I don't know. There's still an interest. So if it shows up and it comes back around and it's a yes and it's possible and all those things are there. I actually share a story in my book about this with a woman very similar. She met this guy. He wasn't quite totally out of the relationship he'd been in for seven years. And her yes was just don't even go visit him. Just let it be there. And it took like months for that to happen. And he eventually was able to, you know, totally remove himself from that. And they got together and been married ever since. But she's like, I am so glad I didn't go until that even though I wanted to. And everybody was like, oh, just go. You want to be there. But she's like, nope, nope, no matter what. We want this to be clean. So it's a yes for both of us. It's possible for us both to be fully engaged. But just because somebody's not available in the moment doesn't mean they never will be. Now, it doesn't mean you sit there and wait for them. It means you live your life. Right. In the meantime. Right. And and you have to know your standards. You have to know how you operate best, which is your yes. So doing the work is critical, you know, and, and even this morning, this woman was saying, I probably wouldn't have recognized him years ago. So that's a big part of doing the work is you, you are who you are right now and you meet who's right for you by being ready for that person, you know, and, and there's just so many other parts to this, but Let's, let's talk about eliminating competition for love. And you talk about there is an easy way to do that. Can you explain that? Yeah, and it's actually a side effect of following your yes, because if you're following your yes and you're being true to yourself and you're expressing yourself in those ways that really resonate in your heart, I'm not talking about intellectually. Your yes has nothing to do with your brain. It's about your heart. It's about your feeling. It's actually a feeling of yes. So if you're operating from that place, it, maybe it's how you express yourself or the lifestyle you're living or what you're doing with your spare time. It can be all kinds of things. What happens is you're being uniquely you. Then there's nobody else can be a better version of you than you. But what happens is we're trying to be other people. 
Well, then we just created competition. Our version of them or them. And we'll never be better than the original. So it's like, oh, if I just don't worry about what else is going on, sure, maybe my friend went and did this and they had a great result. And so I want that result. No, that's their result. You want the feeling that you believe transpired from her experience. Now your path to that feeling is gonna be your path. This is why so many people try and replicate what somebody else does, right? Oh, well, they did this and you know they lost 10 pounds and they got found this great guy. Maybe I just need to lose 10 pounds and I'll find a great guy. Well, no, because for them, that resonated for them. They were excited to lose 10 pounds. You're not, you're feeling judged by the idea that you have to lose 10 pounds. Well, then that's not gonna lead to the same outcome. You've gotta follow your path to that yes. And again, when we do that, there's no competition. If you think about it like, like cover bands, right? Almost every musician in the world starts out by playing other people's music until they develop their skills enough to do their own. So they're playing other people's music. Now, do they play it better than the original? No, now you might like their variation, but you're not gonna go, oh my God, they're better than the Beatles. Because what would you be saying? They play that as well or better than the Beatles did. The Beatles are still on top. So we can never be better than that other original, but we can be our own expression. So the artists that we remember are the ones who came out with their own music. And now you like their music. But it's funny because like the Beatles is actually kind of a good example because back in the day of the Beatles starting out, there was the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. And they kept getting compared because they were these young bands that were boys that the girls were screaming about, but they were like placed as polar opposites. The Rolling Stones were the bad boys and the Beatles were everybody's favorite. And it was so funny because they didn't sit there and one of them go, oh, guess we got to be like them. And there were groups like that. The Monkees, if you remember, the Monkees were made to be a replica, an American version of the Beatles. Well, how far did they get? They had some success, but it wasn't the same. I mean, if you look at them, guess what? They have the same haircuts. Mm -hmm. They did everything the same. They did goofy little skits. I mean, the whole thing, they were just trying to milk that. But those individuals that were part of that were very talented musicians, never went on to a musical career because they'd never brought their own to the table. So this is how we remove competition. Quit trying to be like everybody else and be our own unique expression. That's where you're following your yes in your heart. I had a huge crush on Davy Jones and um, <laughs> I had a picture of him up in my locker, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. But um, <laughs> for anybody who has no idea what I'm talking about, he was one of the monkeys and he was actually very short. You know, he wasn't- He's a lead but, singer. He was a key yeah. lead singer. Yeah. He had, he had the, the haircut with the bangs. Yeah. And, you know, today, many women would not date somebody of his height. And, oh, <laughs> you know, it's like we, we have these pre-prescribed ideas about what is ideal yeah. with men and with women. And, um, but I think what, when, what people get tripped up on, you know, we're talking a lot about how to be uniquely you and follow your yes. And mm. a lot of people go like, I don't know what uniquely me is. How do people find what is uniquely them? Mm -hmm. So this is a great question, Sandy, because like everything, right? We're like, can you just give me the answer and I can be done? <laughs> well, nobody can give you that answer. You have to explore it for yourself. Now, the best way to do that is 
notice when you let's say you go do something like you go pursue some guy and your friend's like oh yeah he looks really great you should go out with him was that your answer or was it a should because shoulds always come from the outside so we start to go oh where am i getting my authority to make choices that's what authority is we get to make choices and decisions so there's inner authority which is our divine guidance and then there's all these external authorities society facebook parents, teachers, you know, you name it. Most of us are constantly looking to external authority. So the way you find that is to go, oh, I don't have to understand. It. I don't have to know where it came from, why it's there. I don't have to justify it to anyone. I just trust that feeling because that's really what the aspiration is, right? We want to feel a certain way that we imagine we will feel when we have that right partner. So it's not a thing on a physical sense that we're chasing. It's a feeling. And guess what guides you to those feelings? Your feelings. We've all had things where it's like, I don't know, that just felt aligned. It was a great day. I've never gone down that road before in my life and I had a great time. I would have never talked to that kind of person, whatever that is, right? We all have those different examples. Every one of those that has those wonderful payoffs was because we followed a feeling. When we do it from, I think it's gonna look like this or I need to do this many hours of you know, exercise, whatever it is, well, then that's a form, that's an external. So it's all tuning into the feelings. And hey, I'm poster boy for shutting down my feelings. <laughs> I'd done that for years and years. I talk about it in the book. There was a lot of uh, loss in my family when I was young and, and that's how I coped. And so we have to reaccess that. and go, you know what, it's okay because that's actually what divine guidance is. The divine communicates with us, the universe communicates with us through feelings not through words or stuff, it's feelings. So that's our guidance. We're like, hey, I don't know why, that seems like what I wanna go do. And that's literally what I'll ask myself throughout the day all the time. What do I feel like? What feels right? Mm -hmm. Oh, and half the time, like, I can't do that right now. I've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, but it feels right. So then I find a way to make that work. And guess what? I'll come back and the work all lines up when it's ready but it wasn't ready because I needed to go do that other thing that felt right. Maybe it was take a walk. Maybe it was as simple as go get a glass of water. But when we do that, what happens is everything starts to move again. So it's, it's a practice of tuning into the feelings and trusting that that's okay. Unfortunately, especially for women, culture is, oh, you're too, too emotional. You're all, all these feelings. I had somebody who said they were the feelings channel, all feelings all the time. <laughs> It's like, yeah, that's, it's been dismissed as a bad thing, but it's actually where our truth and our guidance comes from. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. Being a feelings machine can be overwhelming and 
it's important to process, to know how to process and communicate your feelings. So it's not just being this kind of um, receiver of feelings or tuned into feelings, because the truth is that if we're really tuned in, we can notice what, what's rising to the top. Like if it's frustration or disappointment or anger and what's under the anger and knowing how to pull all that apart is a big part of understanding feelings. Um, so I think people who feel everything in a highly sensitive way are often overwhelmed mm -hmm. and don't know how to deal with their feelings because it can actually overtake them. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to sort of put that out there and, and for anybody who's listening, who feels that they're that feeling machine and, you know, and, and that they feel everything so sensitively there's nothing wrong with being sensitive. It's actually part of your superpower, right? It's, it's who you are, but I think it's also important to learn how to manage what's going on inside you so that it's not, you're not just crying all the time or, or confused about what you're feeling. So I'm curious what you have to say about that. Well, what I'm hearing you talk about is more empathy, being an empath. Mm -hmm. That's not your feelings. That's you taking on feelings of everything around you what we're talking about is your internal feelings like oh there's this guidance it's another good term for it right is it's guiding me this feeling this emotion is guiding me in a direction response to the external is a totally different thing and yeah there's definitely skills and tools to learn to be able to manage that because it doesn't need to overwhelm you that unfortunately in our culture and i've been teaching spirituality for 25 years now is there's this idea that, and it's been adopted on a very broad level of being an empath is a curse. And you're now this victim of, I can't help it. I'm an empath. I take everything on. I take, oh my gosh, I'm so sensitive. But that's not true. Yes, you may have that ability and you may do that, but there's ways to actually manage that. I used to live in Sedona, uh, Arizona. And as Anybody that knows Sedona, it's this big place of all these spiritualists and, and psychics and so on. And there was a group of us that would get together and talk about all kinds of spirituality. And, and the ones that worked in the, like the bookstores and the places where they literally were working with tourists and people all day long, and there's all this energy flying around and they're taking it on. Every one of them was trashed at the end of the day. They were exhausted. They had all kinds of health issues. They had sleep issues. They didn't eat well. I mean, they were a mess. And one day I said, well, you guys know how to clear out your energy, right? And they're like, huh? And they literally thought that was the price of being a highly sensitive person. Was you just have to deal with all this garbage instead of knowing how to separate from those things. So part of it is learning how to be neutral where you can be observant. You can be, you know, totally engaged and present to it, but you don't become it. Mm -hmm. And that's when it gets overwhelming is when we're taking on the pain of the world. We're taking on the sadness of this. It's like, yeah, that's, I don't care who you are. That's going to be overwhelming because as an individual, you only have so much capacity. Yeah, absolutely. And so I mean, we have I, to know how we can separate from that. Mm -hmm. When I became a coach, I used to take on my clients issues. I didn't know how yes. to separate. And I think that's the maturity of, life is learning how to, first of all, coaching is really about empowering other people. It's not about me taking responsibility for your problem. 
It's about learning skills and the tools to be able to resolve your own issues and not me having to take it home with me. So I had to learn that. That was that was a big lesson. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go back to what you said about um, knowing what's feeling aligned and it's just trusting that feeling. <clears throat> I think what happens a lot and people get confused about is there, there can be like in dating where people have an immediate reaction to somebody yep. and it's a, it's a gut feeling, but it may not be they're coming from their wisest place. It might be coming from a past trigger. Like they may over be overly sensitive to any sign that somebody might be cheating, for example. Okay. And so let's say they're on a date and the guy is having a, friendly conversation with the waitress and she immediately gets this gut feeling he's going to cheat on me mm. right and that feels like an inner knowing mm. and maybe she shuts down and so what i would love is for you to differentiate for people the difference between that inner knowing and that past yeah. fear yeah so this is a great question sandy i'm so glad you brought it up what that is so that example is perfect the difference is you're having an awareness about them, right? So, oh, I get the sense they're going to cheat. Your yes is never about somebody else. It's about you. So what your yes would be in that moment, potentially, could be something doesn't feel right. Whatever it is, I don't feel safe. I don't feel paid attention to, whatever it happens to be. That's your yes. Now you need to address, that's the feeling that's making you project that it's him. Oh my gosh, he's a nice guy that talks to the waitress. Well, I perceive that because the one guy that cheated on me talked to every waitress and I'll bet he ended up dating a waitress. You know, we come up with these stories, we extrapolate and it's how we protect ourselves. So we have to go, okay, this isn't about him, but I realized this situation makes me feel unsafe. That's the feeling. So my yes is, what can I do to improve that? Because I don't like feeling unsafe. That's not a ha happy place. I don't want to feel that way with this person because then I can't bring my best to the table. So what needs to happen? Is it I need to communicate that with him? Is it whatever it happens to be? And everybody's going to be different, right? But that's what we have to remember is our yes is never about somebody else. It's so funny because people, well, my yes is that they need to treat me differently. <laughs> right. That's not your yes, that's your desire. But the question is, so why? What's the reason that you wanna be treated differently? Oh, because I feel a certain way when they do this. It always comes back to feelings. Yeah, it's a good differentiation. Yeah. I like to tell my clients that it's important to ask themselves, throughout the day, whether they feel that something is feeding them or draining them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you talked before about getting the water, knowing it's time for a walk, knowing what it's, what, what your body is telling you. And when we're really tuning in, we, we know like, should I get in the car and go, go to this place? Should I attend this function? What's my body telling me about this, this particular choice that I'm making? So I think, you know, tuning in, and a lot of people have learned to tune out, <laughs> like you, like me, mm -hmm. 
And the first place we know is in our bodies. We don't always have to have the words for it. We can feel into something. Maybe our body is feeling constricted and our breathing is changing and our, you know, we're tightening up. That's a clue, right? To Mm -hmm. pay attention to what's happening. Yep. And, and it's funny because we're actually kind of piecing out. There's a formula I share in the book that, that very, very simply is it's three steps. One is tune into the feeling, release your resistance, and then ask two simple questions. Where am I now? And where do I want to be? Oh, I don't feel good. Where do I want to be? Oh, what would let me feel less constricted? What would let me, whatever that happens to be. And again, there is no universal answer is going to be very situational. But when we just go with it, instead of going, well, but why would I do that? I've never done that. What well, instead of trying to beat it up and, and rationalize it, just go with it. Okay, I'm just going to go downstairs and get a glass of water. Oh, I go get a glass of water. Now I'm like, oh, I forgot that was there. I needed to pick that up. And all these little things will show up. Now they happen so quickly, we don't even realize it. But sometimes we'll go, wow, I accomplished like 10 times the stuff in in the last five minutes while I went and got a glass of water. I didn't even know that would happen, but I had to move. I had to get out of that space. So yeah, it's a physical experience of trusting that feeling and going, oh, well, I'm just, even if it's like, and you don't know, this is the other thing that traps us. We want to know what the outcome is going to be if I do that. Well, if I go get a glass of water, how's that going to serve me? We don't know. doesn't matter. Your yes is one at a time. It's like if you're crossing a stream, right? And there's little stones that you're going to hop across. We sit there on the shore and we think, oh, I've got to figure out the entire route so I can get across. But the truth is you step on one stone and suddenly it reveals that the stone you thought you were going to step on is not as safe as you thought. And the one that you weren't ever going to go to is a rock that's really solid. It changes with each and every step. So just take the first one. And I know there's people out there listening going, Well, I've watched people and they just know what to do and they walk all the way across. I promise you they didn't. This is why they don't hesitate. They just take the first one and they take the next one. They're so attuned to doing that. They just go boop, 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 boop. And they're just responding to each one that gets exposed instead of thinking they have to figure it out first. Yeah. Because if you think of everything has to be figured out first, you'll never move. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. We paralyze ourselves with our intellect instead of trusting our feelings to take a step. Yeah, we want to know the future. I had a friend who used to read the last page of the book before she started the book. And I'm like, I would never do that. I don't want to know the last page of the book. I like having that sense of adventure. But that's, that's a big part is just kind of trusting that if you take the first step, you'll find the next step and not not having the full staircase stops a lot of people from taking the first step. Exactly. Yeah. And here's the thing I want to I share with everyone is when we remember that this is divine guidance, even though we can't comprehend where this is going to lead us, the divine has got a pretty good perspective on everything. So it sees the big picture. And it's like, I know it makes no sense to you whatsoever, but trust me, you want to go left, turn right. You're like, that's stupid. Why would I do that? Trust me, turn right. It's just like if you think about GPS, right? In our GPS, it gives you all these instructions. And we don't know anything about who calculated this. Why do they know how to get to, you know, someplace I've never been and all I did was put in an address, but we've learned to trust that. But what happens if we don't take a turn? 
it has to recalculate. Because even that can't give you the absolute answer because you have to actually do every step for it to be valuable, right? Same thing with the divine. Think how many times the divine is having to go recalculating because we're out there not listening. And then it's like, see, even if I gave you all the steps, it won't matter unless you follow them. So the simpler way is just go, just take one step. Know that it's gonna give me the next one as soon as I get there. Life is really about going from yes to yes to yes. Instead of, I know all my yeses and so I'm just gonna follow them. Because yeah. it's impossible to know them all. Yep. There's too many variables in the world. Totally. So the, the example I gave before about that woman who met the guy in uh, Europe and um, she had a lot of bad date experiences mm -hmm. and she just kept going. You know, a, lo a lot of times she took breaks because it was just disappointing and really hard to keep going when she didn't feel her yes. So what do you have to share with people who have gone on a lot of bad dates and how, how can they turn them into better experiences? So there's a couple things. One is, so just for the sake of our example of using follow your yes, we're going to call the bad dates no's, right? That was not my yes. Okay, maybe I thought in the moment or I was forcing it, whatever, but it turned out to be a no. The cool thing about no's is they help you refine your yes. So now you go, hmm, that's something I don't like. And remember, it's not the person, like you were saying about Davy Jones and he was short and people wouldn't date him. It's like, people go, oh, I, I don't like tall guys or whatever. It's like, really based on what sample group? That's irrelevant, but that's what we do because we're looking for a reason to make it okay. Oh, well, yep. I've never had a good experience with tall guys. I should just skip that. Or the classic is there's Zodiac. What am I doing dating a Sag? <laughs> it's like, um, that's not a universal thing. So again, what we're doing is we're going, oh, that just refined what I'm looking for. And usually what it'll tell us is we have to be clear about what we're moving towards. Instead of trying to make excuses and just, oh, well, but I can't meet anybody, so maybe I should just go out with them. Stay home. Don't do that. Nobody's excited about somebody going, oh, yeah, you were the lowest one on the tree. They don't enjoy that environment, and you aren't going to enjoy it. Because what's going to happen? You're just going to be going, well, it's better than nothing. Maybe I'll get a nice meal out of it. But the whole time, you're going to be looking for your out. So when you have bad dates, let them refine what you do want and you start to learn more and more oh these are important things to me now here's the key you gotta let go of the story that well if i ask for that nobody will like it see that's where we get trapped we've convinced ourselves that the true us our real expression what's really important to us is unlovable and maybe somebody's even said that okay that was one person out of eight billion because the truth is no matter who you are and how you express yourself, whether it's me, Sandy, anybody else watching, somebody's not gonna like you. Lots of somebodies. Nobody is universally loved. You have a choice. You can either be yourself and give yourself the opportunity to be loved for who you really are, or you can keep trying to be who you think you're supposed to be, and you're still gonna have people that don't like you, and it's not even you. So we have to go, wait, I'm just letting this refine, and oh, I need to speak up to these things. 
I need to address those issues. That's what I'm learning from bad dates. That's the whole point of dating. It's a sorting process. But don't keep going back and going, well, I have to lower my bar. That's not true. You just have to keep putting it out there and go, oh, well, just haven't found the right people yet. But if I stay true to it, two things happen. One, obviously the right person can see that, but also others around you can consistently identify who you are to their friends. They that, oh, Sandy, she's like this. Why? Because you've been consistent. If they don't, this is why your friends refer you to people that you're like, how do they think that? They're like, well, there was this time when you like guys like this. So they don't even know what you're looking for because you're just throwing out anything. You got to stay true and stay on that course. And then the people that line up will line up and the rest will fall by the wayside. You won't have to worry about it. One of my clients described it as getting a Coke in the desert that uh, I never heard that term before, but that's how a lot of people date. It's like, I was in this desert for a long time. Finally, a Coke shows up and I was thirsty and, you know, we try to make it work, but it wasn't really the right fit. Mm -hmm. And so we have to stop going for the low hanging fruit, for the Coke in the desert, you know, and really tune into who you are and what your yeses are and what your no's are. It's, it's kind of like anger. Anger teaches us what our values are. Because if we get really angry about something, that's because one of our values is not being met. It's being stepped on in some way. And when we really get clarity about that, it's like, oh, that's why I was so angry. Right. So yeah. knowing what you don't want helps you to know what you do want. <laughs> yeah. And, and I actually want to be clear about something. So your yes can show up as a no. Your yes is no, don't do that. No, don't go there. Mm. So oftentimes it does. And I've had people say, well, can my yes, I mean, like, I, is, can it be a no? It's like, yes, that's your yes is saying, yes, that's not for you. But we have to be clear about that, right? And so again, that's more divine guidance saying, hey, don't waste your time over there. That's not for you. I'm helping you refine. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's practice. And here's the thing I want you to remember. We're all experts at it. We're born that way. We've just quit doing it. So just like anything that you were an expert at, if you quit doing it for a long period of time, well, you're not going to be so good at it anymore, but you're going to be able to get back and be like, oh yeah, I forgot how good I was at this. So it's not some long, epic journey. It's actually very attainable. Your yes is truly about you feeling comfortable being your best in any moment, which means fully expressing yourself, showing up, et cetera. So you're trying to, you're constantly going, what do I need to be my best? Why? Because I'm committed to being my best with you, Sandy. I'm committed to being my best with my friends, with my family, with everyone I interact with. And it's going to be different with each one. So again, this isn't a recipe of, oh, here's my six ingredients and that's what I need. It's a dynamic environment. If I'm in a certain situation, I'm needing different things and in a different situation. As we mature, obviously, those things evolve. So there aren't, and this is what everybody wants. I want to know what the six big yeses are that everybody needs. Nobody has that. Now we could boil it down and say, well, we all want to feel loved. Yes, but look at the love languages. Well, what's your version? It's still individual. So your yes isn't about um, check boxes. Actually, it's funny. I had a client say this once and it was brilliant. So she had gone on a date 
And, you know, after the date, called her girlfriend and her girlfriend said, oh, did you check all the boxes? And she goes, there weren't any boxes. <laughs> I was just noticing and enjoying how I felt with him. I wasn't, I mean, sure, we talked about what do you do for work, but, but, but I wasn't sitting there going, tick, that qualifies. I wasn't doing that because I was just paying attention to how much was I enjoying myself or not. And she goes, that's so weird because it was so fun and so easy. There wasn't some process I was trying to do. There wasn't some calculation I was trying to make. I was just showing up, being my best, letting him know what I needed, et cetera, et cetera. And it was great. And it was such a really interesting comment, right? Because what did her friend ask? Well, did you check all the boxes? Because that's what we do. We want to know what the recipe is. And she went, I just, I didn't even think, it never occurred to me to even identify those things as check boxes. Even though she still learned about the person. She went, oh, every one of them, instead of going good or bad, I just was like, oh, that feels interesting. Oh, that feels fun. Oh, whatever it was for her feelings. So that's the thing about yeses. It's a much more dynamic environment and it's in the moment. Mm -hmm. So I could give you a list today. I'm looking for this and that can change in 10 minutes. And people are going, oh, I don't want that. I want it to be stable. It is stable. You're just constantly checking in with the stability of your guidance, your divine guidance is saying, here's what feels right. And if it doesn't, what do I need to do to move in that direction? Maybe I need to let them know something. Maybe I need to get out of the situation. There's all kinds of possibilities. What are your final words of advice for anybody who wants to go on their last first date? Go on your next first date. Ah. Because everybody's waiting to the one that it's going to be my last first date. Well, that's a lot of pressure. Just go on a first date. Go on the next one. Go on the next one. And remember, if it doesn't work out, that helps you refine what you are looking for. It's just like going to restaurants, right? We go to all kinds of restaurants. You may order something similar every time. Maybe you always get the some seafood dish. Oh, I'm learning that maybe I don't like salmon as much as I thought. Or if it is, it's got to be prepared a certain way. And you keep getting more and more refined. So you don't just go salmon no matter what. You start to identify exactly what variation on that, how it's prepared, what it's served with. It's the same thing with life. So keep going. The only people who fail are the ones who quit. You got to yeah. keep going, keep putting yourself out there. Because guess when most people quit? Not most people, but when the ones that are successful, that's when they stopped, when they found the right person. They didn't stop before they found the right person and somehow found the right person. That's impossible. Just keep going. Go on the next one. Go on the next one. And be open to the possibility that it could be your last first date. If you've already decided before you left the door because, oh, X, Y, and Z doesn't add up, save everybody time and effort and don't go. You got to be open to the possibility. If not, it won't come in. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure to think this next one has to be it. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, I, I definitely used to date like that. You know, if it's not that, it's a failure. And why did that person set me up with this person? How do they know? They, they, they think they know me. And, you know, I was insulted that they would fix me up with this person instead of looking at it from this perspective, which is maybe I'm not showing up as my true self. Maybe I'm not conveying who I am in all parts of my life. And I certainly wasn't in my twenties. I had no idea who I was. So just taking that next step and the next step and the next step and being open.
beautiful message. Thank you, Ken. And I would love for you to share how people can find you. No surprise. You can find me at followyouryes.com. <laughs> that's the home of all things Ken in the book. So uh, yeah, that's, that's the place to go. All right. Go get the book. Go follow your yes. Thank you so much, Ken, for coming on the show again and, and sharing this really fascinating information. I think that a lot of people are going to be following their yes. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here, Sandy. And thanks everybody for listening today. If you love our show, please, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate just getting the word out for to even more people. And as always, here's to your last first date. If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered, and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.